You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, this is Ray Moda, and welcome to the Deep Edge Podcast. And joining us for this episode is Juan Carlos Ceron, who's Sales Director for Telco Vertical Latin America at Red Hat. Hi, Juan. Thanks for joining the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ray, for the invitation. No, of course. Yeah. Now, where are you located, Juan? I'm based in Mexico City. Mexico City. I'm Chilango. I'm Chilango, yes. Oh, Chilango. Good. Yeah. Now, what is your, what is your current role at uh, Red Hat there? Um, I'm heading the sales uh, for telco sector in Latin America. Um, I just joined um, Red Hat a couple of months ago, but uh, with uh, many years working in, in the industry, in big, big companies like Nokia, Ericsson, um, before that, Hewlett Poker. Yeah, yeah, I remember the variety of companies that you work with. Now, maybe for part of this podcast, since we had different executive discussion, is let's let's talk about your region, right? Uh, because I always say that 2020 is always an interesting year, right? What what do you see as the top challenges that service providers are facing, specifically as they face uh, this nightmare of a challenge with this global pandemic going on? And specifically, uh, I like to address it related to your region only. Um, thank you for that question. Uh, I think this is a topic that um, has a lot of perspectives. Um, and of course, I'm going to focus on the, let's say, technology one. But I would like to start maybe saying that uh, the telecommunication services are now confirmed as uh, really critical for everybody, for enterprises, families, and individuals, in the same way as the power of the water, right? Uh, you know. It's appreciated, something that I believe it is important for, for us who live in the industry of this business. The, talking about what we have seen is, is data consumption has tended to rise. Of course, the social distance measures, uh, there have been a big you know, change in the way the data is consumed. It went from the corporate uh, sites and the mobile networks now more towards the, the home networks, and people uh, began to, to consume much more you know, streaming, video, and, and collaboration platforms, software and applications, and um, children online classes. So this is more or less the, the patterns we have seen. And, and over the Q2, when the COVID arrived to, to the region, major impacts um, during March to May caused a great or big uncertainty. And, and then everybody started to figure out well, what's going on with this. It's going to pass fast. It's going to take more time. But I have to say that uh, it started to impact in different ways, different customers. Certainly, the impacts go to, to the revenues. Due to different reasons, commercial offices need to close due to the, you know, the regulations. Um, Services uh, started to, to stop in terms of, uh, you know, public contact with the people. Collections, for instance, um, uh, drop. Um, even uh, advertising and, and maybe other um, interactions with, with, with the mass market and, and, and enterprise customers 
get some some impact due to this crisis and and maybe in more detail i i, I follow that there were some impacts in some of the customers even with uh, um, reducing the, the the number of customers or disconnecting customers for instance one of the major operators in latin america mentioned around uh, 5 million mobile mobile lines disconnected for instance and also the uh, the other side the fixed uh, broadband services in the residential lines that demand increase obviously because uh, the nature of the change of the path traffic um and then uh, w- w- what the operators uh, trying to 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 do um i have to say that no operator was in a let's say privileged position all of them were with some um, economical challenge even before the, the the pandemic so they they, they were looking already for some cost reduction some opex re- reduction optimization um and they they revised the, the investment the capex for for the plan and then it, there were like a couple of months on in past where new new plans were developed in order to to have some strategy to contain the, the effects and and then um it started to 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 plan the spendings for for the year in a, in a different way um certainly some of the the major operations have uh, reduced dramatically the capex and and also in in, in big extent the the opex so we we will see that um still in the last quarter of the year nowadays uh like uh, the plans that are going to move to 2021 most of them uh, capex wise and and maybe some prioritizations um it, it, still in the short term during this q3 that is just finished and and q4 we have to continue monitoring uh, the development of the pandemics um and what are the effects that are going to have um in in general in the region and uh, to have the the alerts in the financials and and to see uh, how um the, the the plans for the next uh, year are going to be shaped based on all this uh let's say dynamics of of the region uh, definitely the uncertainty has uh, been the main impact but um certainly we continue the focus on cost reductions i i believe so yeah no i mean you know you touched on something that was really important right that there's been a lot of uh telcos right that were already facing you know some opex and capex challenges even before the pandemic right so this this just kind of magnified it somewhat right so it's a, it's really good uh good uh, observation on your point now one of the the key areas that I talk to people about especially when I talk about the region is what key technologies are involving these telco infrastructures whether it's uh edge computing edge application cloud native 5G what do you see going on uh, in your region there yeah uh, you're touching all the 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 hotspots let's say uh there are talks in parallel for all these topics let me let me start with 5G Uh, in 2020 we we see a few countries uh, auctioning 5G spectrums honestly uh, this is i believe one of the major impacts we haven't seen uh, too much uh, uh, move in the, in the 5G uh, operators and regulators start analyzing what are going to be the financial possibilities for these deployments um the spectrum availability is expected more to happen in 2021 
for major countries. We know that nowadays small, let's say, operations in small countries already have some small footprint uh, ahead, but um, the major ones in, in Mexico, in Brazil, Argentina, Chile, for instance, uh, expect to happen uh, more in, in 21, maybe second half 21. Um, uh, the main use cases that uh, we expect are going to be considered for these initial uh, steps are um, mobile broadband and fixed wireless in a non-standalone mode. It's, it's what uh, we have seen that the, the main analysis nowadays, uh, they have to take uh, still advantage of uh, the LTE networks and, and to see how it can be integrated. And, and of course, there are expectations by few years ahead that the coverage is going to reach uh, some, some uh, good percentage of, of the population and the countries and expected maybe 2025, uh, at least this is one of the analysis I have uh, gone through. With, uh, I think it's Ericsson developed this, this uh, mobility report in 2020. Uh, and projected that uh, in 5G is going to be 50% in, in Mexico coverage and, and in Latin America is expected to reach 90 million of so 5G subscribers by, by 2025. Um, this, this is how, how we see the, the 5G so far. But the CSPs are focusing more today improving the LTE, the, the network performance and improved customer satisfaction for the, the the rest of the of the, the year and I believe the 2021. Um, other intensive areas of analysis and evaluation have been this uh, network function virtualization that started uh, four or five years ago. Um, in the region nowadays incorporating new elements in the evaluation, how to open the stack, looking at the best of breed components as, as uh, they call. And, and analyzing nowadays platforms, automation, security, everything that could bring more alternatives that they have received so far with the traditional network equipment providers, you know those. Um, and, and looking for more innovation and expecting more efficiencies in the usage of the CAPES and the OPEX that for us in Latin America, you know, it's uh, the big thing. Um, uh, yeah. No, I was going to say you, you touched on something which was interesting, right? Because you, you talked about uh, at least the opportunities, right? And in, in, in some of the 5G, but them optimizing, right? Their existing LTE networks. Because, you know, one of the things that we're noticing, Juan, is uh, in, in even some of the people that have deployed it, right? Uh, they're not getting a, a higher increase in their average revenue per user. Right. So they're looking at other use cases, like you mentioned, you know, initially, like edge services, finding these verticals where there's agricultural manufacturing energy. Do you agree with that? I mean, do you see that still being <clears throat> an opportunity, even if it's private LTE for that matter? Yeah, absolutely. The, we know the trends in the industry have been even reaching 100 um, percent of uh, of penetration of the mobile um, subscriptions, um, still the ARPU declining uh, over many years. And, and the, the way to try to, to 
increase that revenue it has been always the, the dream to reach the enterprises. And we, we have seen nowadays in the, in the current technology a number of offers in the private private uh, LTE networks or offerings that address more you know, industry needs. But definitely this is one of the expectations that the 5G will bring uh, much more capacities in terms of you know, different spectrum that can be uh, offered, uh, best throughput, less latency, and other capabilities that eventually are going to increase the possibilities to capture more, more business uh, with enterprises. And, and and we can talk about maybe if it is possible later. But uh, the operators need to develop new revenues that have to go not only in the connectivity part. That this may be the the basic part that uh, nowadays is much more appreciated and is basic to to put on top other services. But with with the five G and and this new you know uh, platform, what I consider five G as a platform. Uh, for uh, business in in a, in a country basis, actually, the, the countries have to consider this as the part of the economic development of the country and the possibilities for the industries using and leveraging on the five G capabilities to you know reach other markets and to be part of other type of uh, uh, value chains and and become a global global part of the economy. And, and 5G is going to play a, a, a big role in that. Then the operators, the CSPs that are transitioning to DSPs, need to plan how they're going to catch this, taking not only the technology, the, sorry, the connectivity, that is the most basic part, and is required all the way, but also, let's say, layers on the, on the, on the services, like, um, I mean, platform services. Once they have acquired a platform that can serve uh, platform as a services, they can serve a number of needs to enterprises, like the IT, let's say, technology required in the enterprises. But in the next layer, you can identify these verticals that you mentioned, that there's going to be much more business possibilities, but they need also to, to, to have a different mindset to, to address those. It's going to be much more dynamic environment. It's going to be much more, um, let's say, required a, a full uh, strategy considering the, the ecosystem that all the providers that can complement the offer uh, the operator is going to, to, to give. And, and in this way, to be able to have flexibility to you know, cover the needs all the way. And industry together with maybe some, uh, especially some of the industry from the application, and then the, the clouds, depending on the, the specific needs for that solution, it has to go in a, in a public cloud, in a private cloud, or even keep something in, in, in the own cloud for the operator. So it, it's going to be a very inter interesting scenario, a lot of dynamics that have to be prepared to deal with, uh, Ray. Yeah, no, I think it's great because you, you, you touched on the part where about leveraging, you know, 5G for these verticals and which is a major opportunity, I agree, with the telcos and these enterprises could leverage 5G. But one thing that you touched earlier was uh, network virtualization and different technology. There's, there's two parts of the question. Maybe the first part is addressing, uh, how do you see telcos addressing scalability issues, right, related to core and edge? Scalability to me means with uh, this uh, flexibility that I have mentioned, 
uh, I foresee that the, the DSPs need to ad adopt a hybrid and multi-cloud strategy. That that has to be in the agenda for any of them if they want to to cope with, with the different needs that are going to come very diverse needs from, you know, any layer of, of the stack that you, you address, either in the past with the specific services or with industry at the end. There are going to be, as we know, many enterprises are already adopting technologies that uh, are giving them that possibility, but still maybe some components that the operator has to provide. And, and, and you cannot go and say, hey, you need to, to change all, all what you have invested or where you have your applications running in different clouds and, and, and then use only mine. No, no, no. That has to come with a very, very flexible approach where it doesn't matter if the customer is, is running workloads in different, you know, the, the hyperscaler uh, offerings already, or they have something that they want to consume from the operator in a, in a different base. And, and the only way to have this customer loyal to you is when you have this flexibility and you have uh, platforms, and, and sorry for the commercial, but like our OpenShift, that is, is the, the best example of the platform that is going to give this type of possibility to, to, to play in a, in a very, you know, dynamic environment, changing, and, but also uh, following rules, uh, principles that are going to be the, the, the rules that are going to keep the possibility to stay in this business competitive for a long time. Because this type of platforms and, and technologies are going to serve today's needs that we have started to discuss the, the, the virtualization uh, topics mainly in the core. But as we, as we move and the, the technologies start to get more adoption, is going to cover edge and is going to cover the RAN. So all these elements are going to bring a lot of value to, to, the, to, to the operator. And it's going to really start to transform the complete business because it's going to turn much more in software, much more in, in programmat, pro, programmable or programmable, sorry, uh, um, environment that they need also to, to think how to operate under that environment. And, and then with common operations all the way. So I do see a lot of opportunities for improvement in the operations efficiencies that eventually expect to give uh, better services and more flexibility to, to, the, to the market, mass market and, and enterprise markets. Yeah, now you touched on like products like OpenShift. Uh, this is more of a curiosity question. Uh, uh, have most uh, telcos started evaluating uh, container-based technology that, uh, that you're engaging with or familiar with? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, and I believe this is part of uh, the, the biggest efforts we are nowadays uh, focusing on um, customers that are already interested in evaluating the complete, you know, cloud native concept, how is going to be the 5G operated, how is going to be all this technology helping to leverage, and as I mentioned, in one single platform, be able to handle all the technologies that in the past traditionally were in different, you know, silos, either in the organization and operation, but also in the providers. So all this, let's say, one size fits all approaches, vertical solutions are going to change them dramatically. We expect that uh, uh, finally this has been an expectation for many years from operators 
the best of breed I mentioned before, that they can pick really what is the best solution, the best CNF, the best BNF, the best uh, application that fits the specific needs and provide a value added, and they can incorporate to the to to to, to the, the environment because everything follows uh, you know consistency in the way that is integrated with this uh, type of platforms. So I believe the the, the coming time is going to be much more on this possibilities than the traditional approaches one single vendor for for everything with little uh you know flexibility and 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 possibilities to innovate because that limitation in the past maybe it was a, a strength and it was maybe the dynamics 10 years ago but nowadays it's not possible to continue with that approach yeah yeah the, i mean the, the at the pace that things are moving right i think it's important maybe maybe the last question um uh, one is is since since you work for Red Hat, I mean, how is Red Hat in Latin America getting involved in in helping increase profitability for your particular region? And we'll close with that. Thank you for the question. I think this is very relevant. You know, our our value proposition. Um, we are um, open source business model that brings uh, innovation and foster you know, by communities and, and, and definitely hitting the, the improved TCO, which is a way to, to increase profitability. We have platforms that uh, through the time with this business model have proved uh, the, the value like uh, the Red Hat Enterprise Linux, for instance. Then a next wave with the virtualization with OpenStack. And nowadays, in a you know higher degree of of integration and efficiency, OpenShift also bringing a new ecosystem, many partners that increase innovation and, and innovation, and um, uh, with um, you know the, the CSPs will have much more options uh, to optimize capex and opex. Uh, with uh, you, you, you can see. Some researches analysis were get improvements on TCO in the range of 30, 40%. Honestly, I, I, I can expect maybe even more than that because um, we do see, uh, you know, the opportunities as mentioned in the, in the way it's operated today, the network, in the way it is structured, the, the operations in the customer side, I mean, operator side. And, and with the possibility to introduce these horizontal platforms like a rail or OpenStack, uh, supporting the virtualization today, but in the future is going to move to you know the core, and then with container-based uh, operation, much more efficiency. Same platforms now addressing core uh, in the edge, different flavors of edge, and even the RAN, where we know that is the 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 largest part where they invest in operations is the sites all over the, the, the geographies that have to be maintained, I mean, implemented and, and then maintained. This will be a great opportunity for the CSPs to increase efficiencies and reduce OPEX. Again, I can start to say that I have seen the, the analysis in the range of 30, 40%, but I, I, I can expect much more in different areas when you integrate everything. And, and the last point here is using the very same platforms, as I mentioned, in an in, in environment that is going to be much more programmable, uh, the middleware suites, where it's going to be more, you know, this cloud-native environment 
the microservices, reducing the software development time, and reducing the time to market, all this is, is bringing efficiencies and is going to give the possibilities to also impact the, the profitability. Um, you know, it, it, it is not only the technology, it's also the, the way to, to use the technology. And that's why I stress that we can also help our customers with the consulting services, how to adopt that technology to properly architect, implement, operate, and, and, and eventually support with, uh, with a number of, you know, um, lessons and methodologies that can help to, to develop those knowledge and skills that are required to, to master the technology, but also to take the most from this and reflect in the business. And, and all this is going to, to, to bring efficiencies to, to the, class, the customers and, and expecting in Latin America to get this efficiency reflected in the profitability and the benefit for all the, the members of the ecosystems. And of course, the end customers as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point there. I mean, uh, and that's a good way to end. And I appreciate you, uh, Juan, being part of uh, the Deep Ed podcast. Hopefully, when I get traveling again, we can connect and we can go eat uh, dinner in Mexico City or in a country in Latin America. I love that region. It would be my pleasure, already. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.